0: In a world that tells us that we outgrow picture books, one author seeks to tell a different story. Picture books are for grown-ups too. Hello friends, welcome to Picture Books Are For Grown-Ups Too, the podcast where we believe you're never too old for a great picture book. And we also believe that these tiny tales can lead to big connection. I'm your host, Patrice Scopo, and I write lyrical stories that celebrate joy, expand understanding and foster compassion. I'm the author of the essay collection, All the Colors We Will See. My debut picture book, All the Places We Call Home, is based on one of the essays in my collection. Thanks for joining in today's conversation. I'm delighted to have you here. Hello, 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 picture book pals. It's great to have Adria Theodore on the show today. We'll be talking about her book, A History of Me, illustrated by Erin K. Robinson. Adria is a mom, pediatrician, and children's book author from Durham, North Carolina. Her debut picture book, A History of Me, was published in January 2022 by Neil Porter Books at Holiday House. It is a junior library guild gold standard selection and it's being translated and published in other languages, including Japanese and Portuguese. When not writing, Dr. Theodore works in a local child advocacy Center with children being evaluated for abuse or neglect every child she sees there also has a story to tell welcome adria to picture books are for grown-ups too i am so happy to have you on the show
1: thank you for having me patrice <laughs> i'm glad to be here
0: yeah it's so fun to have you here so adria the first question that i have for you is we often associate picture books with young children but here on this podcast we believe that you're never too old for a great picture book And we also believe you don't need to be a child or have a child or be working with children in order to read a picture book. So I am curious to hear why do you believe that grownups can benefit from reading picture books as well?
1: I think there are lots of different reasons. Um, Picture books are short. And sometimes we are so busy as adults that we don't really have time to kind of get into a novel that is 15 chapters or 30 chapters long.
0: Right. Absolutely. Uh, (laughs) You can be done with a picture book fairly quickly.
1: Fairly quickly, because most of them are less than 500 words these days. Right. And then I think picture books also have a variety of topics and subjects that they can talk about. They're Mm. also in a variety of of different, not necessarily genres, but like some of them are humorous and funny. Some of them are like sentimental and emotional. Some of them are just silly. (laughs) So you can kind of get your fill of whatever kind of emotion you're looking for in a picture book. Two of the reasons that I really, that I really enjoy picture books since I started writing are that most of the picture books that we have, um, the goal at the end of the book is to leave a reader with a sense of hope. So whether it is the child who's reading it with, an, with mm. an adult or the adult who's reading it themselves, there is supposed to be a hopeful ending at the, at the end of the story, um, regardless of what has happened before. And so I think, especially in these times when there's so much uncertainty and so much craziness <laughs> that we're seeing in the yes. world, having that little bit of hope sort of injected into our lives can be really inspiring and motivating and just really nice to have.
0: Yes. Um,
1: Yes. And then the other thing that I thought of as I was considering your question is that I remember when I started getting into picture books a lot of it was because I did have my daughter and but I'm I'm a big book person I really loved reading mm-hmm. when I was a kid and so mm-hmm. I was like oh one of the one of the best things is that I can go and reread some of the books that I read when I was when I was young And I realized as I was going back through, you know what, there weren't that many books that had kids that looked like me in them. Right. Right. (laughs) I talked about the the sort of experiences that I had when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think now there are so many more authors, so many more stories out there that if you are one of those people that would have been marginalized, as they say, sort of trying to find yourself in the margins of a story, you know, where there weren't kids that looked like you, that didn't have the experiences that you did, that didn't grow up in the same places that you did, that you can probably find a story now, whether is a kid that does look like you or does have some of those characteristics of you or your family, whether it's your religion or your 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 place of origin or you know your your sexuality, other kinds of things that stories are now incorporating that weren't there in the past. So as an adult, you can read it and say, oh my gosh, this is what happened to me. This was my story. This is what I identify with. And I've had lots of adults actually come up to me and say, you know, I had that kind of experience when I was a kid and I never thought I would ever see it in a book.
0: Right, right. Absolutely. I I think the things that you mentioned there, just highlighting the fact that there are so many more stories now than I think when we were younger, and just to be able to find your story in a book, I think that's very powerful. I know for myself, when I read A History of Me, and I'm going to just share in a moment a little bit about this story for people who are not aware of the content of this book, but I know when I first read that book, I, I felt as so much of that story resonated with my own experience as well. And I I, I felt something very deeply within to recognize that this story is out there in the world for other people to also read about an experience that I know was very close to my own experience too. So I'm just very grateful for that. And I also appreciated what you shared about this idea of picture books often ending with a sense of hope in some capacity. And yes. I do think that is really important as well. Not to say that everything in our world must have <laughs> hope attached to it, But I do think that we as human beings do long to connect with things that offer us hope. And I think picture books can often do that work. So I'm glad you pointed that out as well. So for listeners who aren't familiar with your book, A History of Me, I'm gonna just share a little bit from the book summary so people can know a little bit more about the story. Okay. So being the only brown girl in a classroom full of white students can be hard. When the teacher talks about slavery and civil rights, she can feel all the other students eyes on her in those moments she wants to seep into the ground wondering is that all you see when you look at me. Having gone through the same experiences, the girl's mother offers a different empowering point of view, she is a reflection of the powerful women that have come before her. Of the intelligence, resilience, and resourcefulness that have been passed down through the generations. Her history is a source of pride, a reason to sit up straight and recognize everything beautiful and powerful in herself. I just, I love that summary. And I wonder if there's anything else you (laughs) want to say about that summary. And in addition, if you could share a little bit about the origins of this story, what drove you, Adria, to create this particular picture book?
1: I think the summary is beautiful. <laughs> there are probably lots of things I could add, but I think it, I think it really speaks for itself. I think there, there are a couple of different things. I think I usually, I try to think of, so I, I tend to think of sort of two things that sort of merged um, to bring this story together. The first thing is that I was in the process of, of working on writing or becoming a writer, thinking about the process and I attended a conference that the uh, SCBWI organization, this so the Society for Children's Books Writers and Illustrators, or SCIBWI for short, that they had a conference and I attended one of the one of the main sessions where they usually bring an author in to talk and, and give sort of a keynote address. And during that address, one of the the man who was speaking is Jack Kent, who's a Newberry winner. He mentioned something about thinking about. What is a story that only you can tell? Mm. Or what is a story that would resonate, you know, within yourself that you feel like you have yes. a, a certain voice for? <laughs> and at the time, I wasn't really thinking about this particular topic, but it, it struck me that because I was working part-time, still I'm working part-time as a pediatrician, mm-hmm. um, I, I was thinking about my family history at that time too, and trying mm-hmm. to research my family history and sort of coming to believe that I did have ancestors who were enslaved in this country. And Mm -hmm. it was really hard to find that information. And if you've ever tried to search (laughs) as a Mm -hmm. Black American, Mm -hmm. try to search some of the databases, you'll find how difficult it is just because they don't pay attention to the way the names are made and they don't always Mm -hmm. have the last names. And sometimes it's just an age and a race. Mm -hmm. Um, At any rate, so I was thinking about sort of the progression of families from sort of up and out of slavery to the point where some of the some, someone down the lineage like myself would become a physician because you know mm-hmm. at that time you know they couldn't read they couldn't write they weren't allowed to go to school a lot of educational opportunities were were denied them mm-hmm. um, and even when they started to go to school and have schools they were not um, given a lot of resources. And I remember that when my daughter was young, we were having a conversation because we had to have a conversation with her grandmother about kind of her schooling. And she started talking about, you know, when she was in school, when she was in a segregated Mm. school and they only got like some of the books that they got, they were always hand-me-downs from the schools where the white students were. They were never like brand new textbooks. And so that was something Mm. that really stuck with me. And so I was thinking about, First, the sort of progression of a family up from slavery and how long and how difficult that process would be mm. for someone to like achieve a a professional degree. In especially in comparison to say a lot of the um, new immigrants who come to this country and a lot of first generation immigrants who say, I became a lawyer, I became a doctor, and Mm. my parents just came here from whatever country. So I thought that there was some stark differences there. Mm. That was the first part. And then, as it turns out, when my daughter was attending school and she was in first grade, there was a point at which um, we were on vacation on spring break, just having a, a general conversation about normal things that people talk about. And she mentioned that she thought it would be better, that it was better to be white. Mm. And, and so this kind of struck me as like, mm. where did you get that from? Why, why would you say that? Mm. Um, I mean, at the time, it's really, you know, struck my heart because I, you know, before that, I felt like she was very proud of who she was and she was right. proud of our heritage and proud right. of our family. And it was, it was probably two or so years after Barack Obama was elected president mm-hmm, and I had taken mm-hmm. her with me to vote and all these kind mm-hmm, of things. So mm-hmm. I thought that she had this sort of sense of pride. And just trying to figure out, well, was there something that was said at her school to her? Or was there something that was said in the classroom about, you know, being a black American? Mm -hmm. And I think it was just from talking with, you know, her teacher and her friends, parents, and some of the other kids that were in the class, that it was really her kind of putting it together that all these things that had happened, yes. you know, there were, there would be, there would, if she had been born, you know, back in the days, she mm-hmm. would not have been able to do a lot of things that her friends would have been able to do just because of the color of her skin. Right, And so she was like, well, obviously it's better to be white. because <laughs> mm-hmm. She can do all these things. You can go to school. You can, mm-hmm. you know, not have to sit in the back of the bus. You can, you know, have all these things. You can have all your freedom. Right, And so from that, I sort of felt like I really wanted to try to address that issue for kids who were younger. I mean, she was only in first grade at the time, but she was already getting that message. And mm-hmm. so I was hoping to try to find a way to talk about sort of the the history of, of the family and use mm-hmm. that as a, as a sort of reframing to say, we should be proud of our ancestors because of all that they experienced and they came through. Right. But also realize that some of the things that i had experienced with feeling bad about my family history history about being a black american because of the color of my skin that the same issues were coming up in 2020 whatever it was 2012 um, right. at the time right. and that we hadn't progressed in like how we taught the subject so that kids were still feeling bad about yeah. themselves yeah
0: yeah Wow, yes, thank you so much for sharing, It is, but you know, Adrienne, I think it's so important all the different pieces that came together for the reason in which you are why you're telling this story and I love that idea of a story I think you said only you can tell was the words that you Um, and, and just thinking, drawing on these different experiences because it is very important, this book, and what you highlight in this story and what you bring to the reader's attention. So uh, yeah, it's a lot, but it's an important (laughs) a lot. So thanks for that. It
1: just just brought brought back to my memory that I remember sitting in class, I remember hearing about Mm -hmm. slavery and feeling like I wanted to just put my head down and just Yes. disappear. You yes. know? I was Like, I don't want to hear about it anymore. Cause right. I know they were I know they were beaten with wits and all right. this other stuff. And I was like, I don't want to hear it anymore. Yes. Um, absolutely. Because there was no there was no focus on like the people themselves and their humanity. And right. Actually their strength and just to like get up yes. and go to work go to work every yes. day for which they weren't paid. And right. you know, and and you know having their families torn apart and they still somehow managed right. to survive and go on. And
0: so yes. I mean
1: I just as I was thinking more about it, I I started to feel more of a sense of pride about mm-hmm. having an ancestor who had been enslaved and who mm-hmm. survived. You yes, know, as as a matter of course, and thinking, well, how do you how do you how do you reframe the narrative that's yes. out there for people to kind of think about in a different way?
0: Yes, absolutely. I think that's such an important idea that you bring there. Is this idea of reframing the narrative because I think what is often so true, and I think particularly if you are you know, the only brown girl in your class or one of few, there is this sense of a narrative being handed to you and it's just being told to you and-
1: And it's about you.
0: (laughs) You know, and, and this story, I think, empowers from a young age that actually you have the ability to see this story in a different way, to see this narrative, to not be, I guess, almost at the mercy of what
1: the textbooks
0: or teachers, (laughs) you know, tell and say. And so, um, but yeah, I I absolutely can relate to what you said about being in class and just wanting to disappear (laughs) disappear. in in the space. So, so I am, I'm just curious. I, I think we've already started to talk about this a little bit, but can you expand upon a little bit more some of the emotions or experiences in your book that you believe are going to connect with adult readers. And I know this is an interesting question because I think depending on you know, your life experience, whether or not you were the one brown child in <laughs> class or not, you're going to connect with the story in different ways. But I'd just love to hear your thoughts about emotions and experiences in A History of Me that you believe will connect with adult readers.
1: Sure. Well, I think there is there is that sense of whether, for example, if you were the only one or one of the only ones mm-hmm. in your class, um, that was one of the experiences that I had. I wasn't the only child in my class for a long time, but I know when I got to high school, I was certainly the only one in lots of the special classes, mm-hmm. like the honors classes or the mm-hmm. AP classes that I took. Um, I would be the only one in there sometimes, mm-hmm. um, and that was mm-hmm. a little bit um, strange. <laughs> but I do think that there is there is a sense of. For example, there's there's a point in this story where the, the girl is walking down the street and there's a boy that comes and sort of accosts her verbally and says, mm-hmm. you know, if it wasn't for Lincoln, you'd still be our slaves. Mm-hmm. And that was actually based on something that happened with me and my sister mm. when we were walking home from school one day and, and then that happened and the boy just rode away, rode away on his mm. bike. But there are those kinds of microaggressions that happen right. <laughs> in lots of different spaces where, right. you have, where you're just minding your business and going about your day. Right. And then all of a sudden someone comes and, and sort of interrupts that flow that you're in, yes. whether it's like a, a real groove or just sort of you're just doing your own thing. Right. And I think sometimes you don't really know what to say or what to do in that mm-hmm. moment, and it kind of takes you back. And it's like, why are you doing this to me? Why are mm-hmm. you saying this? I wasn't bothering you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I don't even know you. Right. Um, and so I think I think those microaggressions happen all the time in so many different ways, as we've you know seen with social media, that mm-hmm. there's a lot of proliferation. So I think there's there are those things that happen. All the time, I think there's also the the element of of sort of family storytelling that's in there. Yes, um, it wasn't yes. something really that I that I encountered a lot when I was a kid. So mm-hmm. there wasn't a time when we all sat around and talked about the, the past. Right. I think more like my parents and my parents their generation. I think there were a lot of things that they didn't really want to talk about right. <laughs> because they, of there was a lot of pain. There was right. a lot of like of denial of their of their humanity, having to fight the civil rights and not right. being allowed different opportunities. I think that that was really painful for them to acknowledge, mm-hmm. and so there wasn't really a time when we sat down and talked about it a whole a whole lot. But I'm hoping that there are families that do do that, and mm-hmm. that I do that with my daughter and try mm-hmm. to talk with her about the family so that she's more aware right. of the stories that we have to tell. And I think that that's one thing that can be that can be sort of taken from that is that we really should talk about the past so that we know kind of where we came from and and have more of an understanding of of our family history. For example, I didn't know until after the book was published that like my my grandfather, my mother's father, had intended to go to medical school when he was (laughs) a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And then there was some issue with like the family farm that they had all these taxes that they were due and. And so they had to not, they didn't have the money for him to go to school right? Um, and pursue that. And so he didn't. And so I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't even aware of that when I had already become a doctor and no one had mentioned it to yeah. me before. <laughs> and so it's kind of, you know, those kinds of things, I think the the stories that your family has that you might, might learn about.
0: And I mean, even with that example that you just shared, I think that's, that is so powerful to think about what a dream might've been in a previous generation and a dream manifested in this generation. And it is because of the sharing of stories that we're able to make those connections. So, um, I, I just love that you shared that. And it, I think, I think that is an experience that exists for others out there too, that some of these dreams manifested between generations. And I think it just highlights the importance of us trying to connect those you know, the lines and understand what might be happening. Because I think oftentimes the steps and actions we may take, it's so much bigger than ourselves. And we may not even realize how it's part of a much larger story that's unfolding. So,
1: And and it's interesting because I never, I don't remember um, like any of my, I I didn't have a sense when I was going through school and going through medical school that there was any pressure on me to do it. Mm -hmm, You know, it's not mm -hmm. like you have to become a doctor. Right. because because grandfather wanted to be one and he right. couldn't because of external circumstances i mean i think i think there was probably some hesitation to even say oh you're going to do that because mm. of the loss of that dream in the past i think right. people were really tentative and like well you know is she going to be able to do it i wonder yes. i wonder And I think sometimes we carry those things with us and we don't even realize it.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's a beautiful story. (laughs) Uh, And I guess it makes me also think about the ways in which we share stories and how picture books can be a wonderful gateway into this idea of connecting with ourselves, connecting more deeply with our own stories, but also connecting more deeply with other people's stories. So I am wondering if related to A History of Me, do you have maybe an activity that grownups can engage with or a question that grownups can ask themselves that would help them more deeply connect with their own stories?
1: Yeah, I think think the one thing that is sort of easy to do, (laughs) in some ways easy to do, is to think about your family tree. Mm. And whether you, if you have Mm -hmm. your family tree, you Mm -hmm. know, what, who are the people that are in your family tree and how far can you trace it, Yeah, trace it back in your relatives and just see the connections that you have. And along with that, you know, think about as you go through the different um, people on your tree, what are the characteristics that they have that you know about? And Mm. what are some of the things that you think you've inherited from them? Yes. So I think that there are, if you look back through the, through your family tree, it's like, are there characteristics or things that that you can find that sort of informs, you know, who you are today. Mm -hmm. Just like in the, at the end of the book, when she's looking and she can see like all of her different ancestors in the mirror. I love that illustration. (laughs) I do too. I love that. I think think you don't think about that when you, you know, it's sort of a reflection you can see forward, like you can see who you are. Right. But at the same time, if you think about it, it helps you look back. If you look in the mirror, you can see behind you. Yes. Um. And so so in some ways it's Mm -hmm. sort of metaphorical, yes, I'm seeing behind me, I'm seeing who the people, you know, who Mm -hmm. the people who came before me, which shoulders I'm standing on. And I think that's a really powerful metaphor there at the end of the book.
0: Yes, absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. Well, to expand that a little bit more, so we talked about kind of looking inward and what we might be able to engage with in order to more deeply connect with our own stories. Do you have any thoughts about an activity or question based on the book that would help a grown-up connect with another grown-up in the world?
1: Well, I think maybe sharing, you know, some of the stories that we have from our own childhood, if there are mm-hmm. things that we remember mm-hmm. about our experiences, yes. um, that we may have some, some connection to each other. I know that, for example, when I got to college, it was sort of the first time where I sort of felt like there was a group of us, you know, who had, like, studied really hard in high school and mm-hmm. we had, you know, really, really focused a lot on our studies and that was really important to us. And then all of a sudden we got to a place where there were other people who felt the same. Hmm. And so we had, we were able to like actually just sort of share, oh yeah, I was in the class by myself and I was in the class Hmm. by myself. And, and so that, that sort of, even though we were like, coming from so many different places in the world when we finally found each other in college it was kind of fun to say oh I wasn't really alone yeah. <laughs> in this sense even though I was alone where I was yes. I wasn't the only one who had actually gone through that experience yeah and so I think when you start to like maybe compare some of those stories to talk about some of those stories it makes it can make a difference when you realize that oh okay my my story is really not is not, I'm not the only one who's gone through this yeah I think that can be helpful and that you know picture books in that way can help us you know not feel so alone.
0: Yes, absolutely. I think I think that's a wonderful thought there as well. And it it just made me think about my own college experience and I remember similarly <laughs> arriving at college, finding the friends and we had those same conversations and I remember thinking, oh, someone else out there was experiencing something like this too. And it yeah. it is I'm not sure what the right word would be. Is it a validation of your experience? Or, <laughs> yeah. But there's something There's something that yeah. happens there. So thanks for mentioning that. Well, Adria, we are drawing to a close here. I just wonder if you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share about anything we talked about, maybe any upcoming projects you want to mention, whatever you'd like to mention here. And then I will ask you a little bit about where we can find you.
1: Oh sure, I do have an upcoming project, although it's like a, over a year in the future. So I have a picture book coming out in the spring of 2024. Oh, exciting! Okay, <laughs> and it's a, it's a picture book about unconditional love, another oh. sort of parent child story. Yes. So I hope you will look for it. It's called "I Would Love You Still." Oh, what and, a beautiful uh, so it'll title! Be coming out in in, a, in about a year.
0: Oh, so. congratulations! Thank you. <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, everyone, the book is A History of Me by Adria Theodore and illustrated by Aaron K. Robinson. It's a wonderful book. I encourage everyone to go out and get this book. Adria, thank you so much for being a guest today on Picture Books Are for Grown Ups Too. Thank you for sharing how your tiny tale can lead to big connection. Where can listeners go to learn more about you and your work?
1: Thank you, Patrice. Thank you so much for having me. I do have a website. It's adriatheodore.com, And I'm also on Twitter for the most part while it's still here (laughs) at (laughs) adria underscore Theodore. You can find me.
0: All right. Sounds great. I will put all of that in the show notes. Well, Adria, thank you so much. I wish you a wonderful rest of your day.
1: Thank you, Patrice.
0: Please subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you loved what you heard, please leave a review. Reviews really help others find the show. If you'd like to receive email updates about new episodes, please go to patricegopo.com and subscribe to my newsletter. And remember, the world may tell us that we outgrow picture books, but we have the power to tell a different story. Until next time, keep reading picture books because picture books are for grown-ups
1: too.